The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to the official and official podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Junta. We're joined with a special guest, man, a fellow content creator like myself, owner of a company. Is that good? You tell me. Rough Shot Supply. Shout out Rough Shot Supply, by the way. Uh, it's Jake Savicki, brother. How we doing, man? Doing good. How are you? Good, man. So you're in the content game like myself, but let's go into, I believe, humble brag again. You followed us first, this podcast, and obviously I followed you back immediately. I was like, this guy's fucking electric. How did you mm-hmm. find about this podcast? Was it from Luplo? What happened here? It was, uh, it was actually, cause I, I don't, I don't, I, I owned a facility in for the past, I don't know, 2015 to maybe 20. I think I sold it at the end of 2020 to at the end of the pandemic. Um, and we kind of had a cool little deal where, so a buddy of mine who graduated, I coached at Carlsbad high school. He's an alumni. He works here with the pitching guy, whatever. Um, that guy asked if he could use the facility. We were closed for Corona, like couldn't let anybody in. We're a kid's facility. So obviously we didn't have a choice. Um, and I let that guy do some lessons in there during a rainy time. And then it kind of just evolved into this, like, uh, I mean, over like two months, we would just open the back door, let them in, let them do their thing, get some work in. And in two months, it turned into like, I mean, I was, I was standing behind, we, we opened it up to where there's enough room to go live you could throw live and take yeah. bees and like I'm watching from literally two feet behind home plate. And like I'm watching Musgrove pitch to loop low. And I'm just like, this is nuts. So like I met all these guys and kind of got to know them a little bit. So when I saw loop low post about you, I'm like, I got to follow, I got to see what's going on. <laughs> but I love the content. I love what you're doing. I mean, you obviously, you obviously pull in some dudes, man. And, and to me, I think that's the ultimate credibility for somebody when you see who who's willing to work with them or come on their podcast and, it's just, you know, you don't have to put a resume out there. People see it and go, okay, if these guys are in, that means, because you know, these big leaguers, dude, they don't, they don't mess with people that they're not going to mess with. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, no, exactly. It, uh, exactly. It, and it helps having them like the guys like Luplo and Musgrove and like Matt sick and all these guys like back mm-hmm. me up when they're trying to get guests on. So yeah, uh, that definitely, that definitely, so, how, so, so how, uh, so you just got to watch Luplo and Musgrove go toe to toe. Let's get some background info yeah. here. Who got who more, Luplo or you Musgrove? Know what? It, you know, I 
mostly Musgrove just because, and, I, and that's not just Luplo. He might've, he probably got his work into, they probably got each other as much as they did, but you know how it is to hit inside a facility against a, a pitcher like that as tough, dude. I mean, the indoor thing changes a lot for, for hitters, I think more than pitchers because it's just a whole different scene. Pitchers still kind of looking at a catcher throwing where they're throwing. And as a hitter, you got, you got a different backdrop, the lighting and all this different stuff. So, and I always get nervous. Like when I took live ABs against teammates, I'm like, this dude's going to peg me. I know yeah. he is. And, and you know, you're not in a game to where it's like, if I get drilled, I get first base. You're just kind of 50, 50 up there. Like you don't drill me half, my, half my body's like, making sure I don't get hit. And the other half is trying to make sure I get a hit. So I think the advantage always goes to the pitchers in there. Um, but we saw a lot of fun stuff, man. I mean, Moniac is in there. He's hitting against these dudes. Eshelman, who at the time was with, I think, Baltimore in the big leagues, just seeing these guys, man. And it's cool to watch them because it was, it was work. You know what I mean? They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know if they're going to play or not play or anything. And these guys are coming in like it's a spring training session they're there for an hour two hours they warm up the way they normally would they get ready to go and um but musgrove was you know he was with the pirates at the time and watching him throw that close and seeing it it just gives you such a perspective on like and i already know you know if you're in the game like you know how good these people are but it's just amazing dude watching the pitches come in from that like you're basically in the box going this is unreal like no wonder this guy goes out and shoves for seven against big leaguers. And then you see guys that, that they have these at bats and you go, no wonder these dudes hit 280, 300 in the big leagues. This is they're, they're impressive. These athletes are very impressive. So yeah. that was, that was a really fun time to see and kind of know all these guys. And, and like you said, the, a lot of them are just such good dudes. They'd come in get their work and I don't need any thank you or anything for opening the facility, but they'd come in, they'd get their work. Joe a few times would come in do his thing and then he'd leave and 10 seconds later come back through the door find me Jake hey appreciate it thank you I'm out like just little stuff to where you go these are just good dudes so that was a yeah. fun time yeah no that's electric Musgrove's such a good dude um so the next thing I want to talk about so obviously Luplo is really good friends with Belly um and obviously mm -hmm. you had that thing that went really viral with it was Luplo the one that showed that to Bellinger or like, how did that, how did that kind of come about? Like, cause obviously Lupo, like I said, is really good boys, Bellinger. So we had to have at least showed him. And I think they're in the same fantasy uh, league as well. So he probably definitely all like definitely brought it up to him at least. Yeah. I, you know what? I don't know. I, those belly videos, they kind of popped out of nowhere. It was just on a total whim. I made the first one, it blew up and, and I became like the TikTok belly guy for a little while. And I, I don't know. I've never talked to belly. I've never, I don't know if Lupo does he follow you. I don't think so. I, I doubt it. I feel like, I mean, I don't know him. I, it's funny because all the videos are essentially are, are almost like making fun of him, but he's one of my favorite players. I'm like, I love Bellinger. So I don't know. I, I highly doubt. He doesn't oh, he definitely me. doesn't like, I don't know if he's that has that type of personality to where he'd find that funny. Maybe I'm not sure. I, like I said, yeah, I don't. that's what I'm saying. I, I don't, I think he'd probably go, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. He definitely, I, I could definitely see him hating it. And I just like hate guys like that. That can't take a fucking joke like that. Obviously you're just fucking with them. Like, and I'm like, that, yeah. that's just, that's been a running joke on the internet for years. It's just that Bellinger's yeah. always high. Like it's just for been a sure. running joke forever. But what made you like post that first video that someone say you look like him or like what, what made you want to do that? <laughs> I, for a long time, I just, I've, I've loved, I loved him for a long time and I watch him and I'm like this dude, just the way he plays, like, he looks like he is 
almost not paying attention. He looks like he's just there. And then he, he this, I mean, he's got an MVP season under his belt. Looks like he's just there to literally have a good time, play some baseball. He's like your standard 16 year old high school kid that is, a, is an MLB MVP. And I always just found that fascinating, but um, I, I was wearing the, the uh, Brooklyn Dodgers hat walked into my office and I had like a rough shot supply kind of Dodgers colored uniform or Jersey. And it, uh, literally just because of the Brooklyn hat and then the Jackie thing, it all like popped into my head. And I, it, I made that video in probably two minutes and posted it. And then next thing I know it blew up. I'm like, well, it's, this is just wild. I mean, it, TikTok will do that. Once you get one thing, it just, it'll go. So there was no real plans. There was no real like research or anything of thinking about it. It just happened and became who I was there on TikTok for a little bit. The wild thing about that is though, is like, yeah, like TikTok is a wild, wild place. Like obviously I do that. I mentioned every fucking podcast, but I do that Jay's podcast and the TikTok on that is wild. Um, The comment <laughs> section's fucking absurd. It's just, it's crazy. Like when you first posted that video where there's some hardos in the comment section, like this dude looks nothing like Cody Bellinger, like this, what was like the reception? Like, was it majority positive shit? It was a majority positive. And then what's funny to me is it's like my, the biggest thing I see, cause I do all baseball content now, mix in some belly stuff, talk about whatever. I talk about home runs, talk about pitchers. I talk about it all. And what cracks me up is everybody's like, like all the negative comments are always like, oh, wh what major league team do you play for? And I'm like, I'm a TikTok creator. Like, this is not like, I don't think, I mean, do you have to have played in the big leagues to have an opinion or think about something? Like, uh, yeah, that's the worst. It's, it's, we're, it's, we're the people that keep the MLB going because we're the fans. Like we, it, not like carrying the weight, but without the fans, that's what makes this so fun. You know what I mean? I, I, so many people go, dude, I don't even care about baseball, but your videos made me pay attention a little bit. Like that to me is fun. Uh, but yeah, that's always the haters are like, oh, Belly did this and did that. What have you done? I'm like, dude, I never claimed to do anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm just here. So, uh, but a majority of the Belly stuff is pretty positive because I think people just get it. You know, like you said, I'm not the only one that talks about him looking like he's constantly high and it's just it's it a funny dude man he's a funny he's a he's a guy that like lives and just kind of creates his own content without even trying those guys I will, are the best i will say this because you are a bellinger guy like you you think he, you said he's good you like him as a player and all that type of stuff i'm actually head of the campaign i don't want him in toronto I, i'm the head of the campaign for that obviously i mm -hmm. think he's gonna get paid a shit ton of money I'm not a shit ton, maybe. If we get paid a decent amount of money, I like for a fourth outfielder, I don't think it makes sense. Where do you think Cody Bellinger is going to go next year? Because obviously he won't come to the Jays because I, I think he'd be like the fourth outfield option and he doesn't want to be a fourth outfielder. He wants to like get everyday reps in and kind of go on a one year deal to prove himself. So obviously it doesn't make sense for him to come here. But uh, where do you think he's going to go? Uh, man, I tell you, I've been, I followed just enough of that to see that. It looks like the Jays are, I mean, are they front runners? I think they are, which pisses me the fuck off, but yeah. <laughs> it's crazy because I, I, I think the thing with that is, like you said, do you need it? No. I know the Giants need outfielders. They're pushing for Judge, obviously. And, and if they're looking at something like you want a long-term guy and you don't get it and you're looking for let's get a, a year fill-in guy, you know what I mean, until we find somebody else or whatever it is, it might be a, a crazy little option, put him out there with Jock, let him run around, <laughs> who yeah. knows, but I think, uh, I don't know, man, I, I I don't know where he'll end up, I, I really don't, well, wanting a one-year deal is 
he could he could end up anywhere. That's kind of the thing with that. I mean, it could literally be four to, four teams front runners, and he'll end up with somebody that wasn't even in the mix. Yeah, I just thought, like I said, I just it, trading to Oscar Hernandez and then picking up fucking Bellinger just doesn't make any sense. To <laughs> I don't honest. think it makes sense. Yeah, the only, the only bright side to him right now, and if you obviously look at the last two years, very few, is that he might maybe one of those guys change of change of pace change of place he might have a year where he little resurgence i don't know i don't see it but it's possible yeah it is possible i do i generally do think if you met him he would actually like tell you like dude fuck you bro oh, like for I, sure I, I think it would be because of the running joke because obviously like the joke was already a thing but your video mm-hmm. blew the fuck up i think it was like all over like Sportsnet and yeah. sports center and stuff like that so <laughs> He definitely saw that, and he's like, dude, fuck this guy. Like, I, I actually – I'm pretty sure Luplo told me, like, he doesn't even, like, smoke weed or anything. He just looks like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it, it is. Like, I, I genuinely do think if he met you, he'd be like, dude, fuck you, or just kind of be like a yeah. dickhead to you. I could be wrong on yeah. that, though. I Maybe yeah, I thought Luplo, but I could be wrong. I genuinely do think, though, that might be the impression he might give you. I completely agree. I I know uh, I in San Diego, Dave Roberts, kid – lived here i coached him for a couple of years i know dave pretty well and i've never even brought it up to dave I'm like i don't even want to like like this isn't something i want to have a part of that relationship because it's just funny to me and i completely agree with you everybody's like dude you got to meet belly i'm like i feel the same way i feel like you'd be like fuck why would i fucking meet this idiot yeah i know exactly <laughs> no thanks exactly. I, I mean i just so I, i'm all you know two separate worlds i'm just the tiktok dude he's the big leaguer and i respect him for sure but I feel like I'm right on that page with you. He would, I don't think he'd like me at all. Like I have like the same running joke with the Jays podcast I do. Cause we kind of talk a lot about like Bradley Zimmer in like a sarcastic way. Like how, how we talk about like him being like the best locker room guy, but just like the worst baseball player of all time. And uh, our listeners actually spammed his comment section on his Instagram, like of his engagement picture with like a hundred comments, just saying, come on the gate 14 podcast, come to the gate 14 podcast. And I genuinely think like he's just so annoyed by us because like we always talk about him a shit ton as like parody, I guess you could say, where he's yeah. like, dude, I'm not going on the fucking podcast where guys like are sarcastically <laughs> t- talking about me as a baseball player, which I think uh, that yeah. Bellinger's the same way. Like Bellinger would be like, this guy sarcastically like he, he his TikTok like is crazy. Like the, the what kind of spiraled it was him making fun of me. Why the fuck should I like meet this guy or acknowledge this guy? But the thing is though, if he wants to get a better public perception of himself and like have more fans, he should acknowledge it and just be like, yeah, I like this guy. Like I follow him and stuff like that. Him kind of shadowing himself away from you makes him look a little bit dumber, to be honest. Like he just, he just can't take a joke or something along those lines. Yeah. I, I look at it. Like, like I said, I'm a, I'm a dude on TikTok. He's a big leader. I just got it. You know, I'm not the only one. I'm sure there's people at games that say stuff to him. I just don't think he's ever going to, waste the time of, of acknowledging me because if i'm in his shoes i don't know that i would i'd be like cool another dude out there that is doing what everyone else is doing but seems to do it on a bigger scale i i wouldn't i don't think i would give myself any time and if i did like let's say i went to a game and was down by the dugout i was like belly and i saw him i i go oh what's up dude like I yeah i know exactly he would it. definitely big league i could be wrong like i said i don't know if he's a good guy. i've never seen him do like any podcasts or uh, mm-hmm. anything along those lines so i'm genuinely not sure but I mean, fuck, like it for a public perception, it, it would blow up the internet if you ended up like actually meeting you and taking a picture beside you because you guys do yeah. look a shit ton of like. But obviously, the fact that he's gone from LA, it probably will never happen. Um, yeah. But uh, going into that, I mean, obviously, uh, 
with the Giants being front runners for Aaron Judge and stuff like that, like, do you think, do you generally do think the Giants are going to get Aaron Judge? I think it's just like kind of a ploy to get more money out of the Yankees. I don't think he wants to play there. He'll hit like 12 home runs. I like compared to Yankee Stadium short porch. Yeah. I, you know what? I think I, I feel like the Yankees obviously have the money, whether they want to spend it or not. I, they want to. I think they want to. I just think they're trying to keep it as low as possible for them. And, and the Giants are certainly going to drive the price up. And I think any team that is really, really entertaining him is, would be stoked if they got him and will also be happy if they don't because they knew they drove the price way up for the Yankees. So I, I, I think, I mean, I got this feeling he's not going to end up with the Yankees, which is weird. That would be why. all time. I would love to see that. That would be all Me time. Too. I, I think it would be honestly a, a funny move, an interesting move. I, I don't know. I, I said this to somebody the other day, and this is this is way deep, but and, and really uh, most of my predictions on everything have nothing to do with stats or research. <laughs> but I got like, – I, I told someone the other day, I said, if they don't have Judge, if they don't re-sign him, I think you're going to see their first-round pick from this last year. And I saw this kid in high school, Spencer Jones. He's a 6'7", 225-pound lefty that has power and hits for average and is a great defender, good arm all the way around. I think you're going to see him fast track to the bigs and you're going to see him in Yankee stadium soon. I mean, he's a, he's a gazelle. He's a big dude. He's got, he came from Vandy for those three years. If they don't get judged, I would, I would not be surprised to see them fast track Spencer up to the fucking bigs. So you, yeah, you mentioned that. So you coach high school baseball, correct? In uh, Cali. Yeah, I did. I, my last, I, Retired, resigned, quit, whatever you want to call it. Sounds funny to say retired from high school baseball. Stopped coaching uh, after this last season. So I was there for two years as the assistant and then seven years as the head guy. So what's the craziest thing you've seen in California or the best player you've ever seen? Because you mentioned Spencer Jones. I'm looking at his stats right here. This dude is – this dude fucking rakes. He had 344 last year. Um, Is he one of the best players you've ever seen when you were coaching high school or have you seen some other guys that are absolute dogs? Um, he, so he came in, he was wild, man. He came in as a freshman verbally committed to Vanderbilt. And it was like, what? Yeah. He, in eighth grade, like that was the talk. Like he's already, he was already verbally committed to Vandy, which at the time, you know, they're number one in the country that, that to me was wild. So I'm watching that and watching him come up through like the whole, you know, high school deal. I coached against him four years. He was on varsity all four years. He was, he lived up, um, he pitched and he played outfield. So he pitched, he was like 95, 96, his junior, senior year, super wild. Like he would throw balls off like the backstop, like uncatchable. Really? Um, yeah. And then wow. I, I always said, I, you know, when you got a six, seven lefty throwing 96, you, you have no real choice, but to say this dude's going to be a pitcher. He's got to be, that's where the money is for him and all that but he was such an athlete that i always told my other coaches that he's gonna be an outfielder he runs he runs a six six he's huge he's athletic if he's got 96 off the mound he's probably got 100 from the outfield like and he hits so we we had here's a story on him we were up three runs in the bottom of the seventh at their place uh one out one out i put a full shift on i said if he's gonna beat us let him hit a grand slam that's fine we moved everybody to the right side of the field, pitched him in. I said, let him just pull one out of the yard. Don't care. I'd rather that than anything else. He inside outs this baseball, 
down the left field line, triple, bases clearing, and then he ends up scoring on like an infield ground ball with our infield in to win the game. I'm like, dude, this freaking guy. <laughs> but he's the dude that I always kind of looked at. He was impressive. Um, Mickey Moniak came from the same school. That was a wild one because you see a lot of dudes in high school that draw the scouts out. You'll see the some guys have 10, 12 scouts at a game. You're like, this is a dude, obviously. I came out of my office for the first game that Moniak his senior year, and he went 1-1. But this was, I don't know, a couple of weeks before the draft towards the end of our season. I came out of my office down through the stands. There was probably 60 to 70, like, people there, scouts, people. I walked past, like, A.J. Preller. I'm, like, looking at these guys going, this is a different ball game. Like, <laughs> there's scouts, and then there's, like, GMs that come to these games and watch. And it was unreal, and he – he was every bit, I think, as good as advertised. He he hit to all fields. He hit with power. He was a he was fast. He was good. So I like seeing him come back here to to LA with the Angels. I think that's cool to see these guys a little homecoming. But Moniac was was just very good. Spencer Jones, I think, was good. And then I got a I had a dude, our shortstop in 2020, Corona year got drafted in the fifth round. Thomas Segesi, he just rakes, absolutely rakes. Um, he's with Texas. He'll he'll come up, I think, in the next few years and see him in the bigs. He was his junior year with us. Our place is a graveyard. Like trying to hit a home run there is tough. In his junior year, I think he hit 440 with 10 bombs, and I think seven of them were at our place. And he's like, at the time, probably 5'11, 170. Jesus the dude just Christ. he's just got hands hand-eye coordination he can see it and hit it so i think his stick will get him up there someday but san diego is a hotbed man it's like san diego texas florida you know you're gonna see guys that just blow your mind as a high school kid it's it's unreal down here yeah and uh what is like um what is the perception like from your team and like stuff like that when they're playing against a guy like mickey moniak and there's 70 scouts there like are these kids like what the fuck is this or are they oh, just are they just trying to like I guess not make a name for themselves, but kind of try to put on for themselves. Like what, how, like how do they react to that? We went the year that that happened, our team went, we went 21, I think in 10 and we finished the regular season 21 and eight. We got swept by Moniac's team and we shit the bed for three straight games. <laughs> I mean, a whole different baseball team, eight of our three of our eight losses came in that series and they, none of them were close. We look like we never played baseball. I, I And by game two, my pregame speech was literally like, hey, none of these fucking guys are here to watch any of you. Like, <laughs> go play the game that you've always played. Like, we have – like, our thing was defense and pitching, and then we hit enough. We won a whole bunch of 2 nothing games, 3-1 to one games. Like, that was our thing. In game one against them, I think we had, like, six errors. We couldn't throw a strike. I was like, dude, we, we're just – we're just so scared. Um, but you expect it, you know, these are high school kids and, and I, even me, I, like I said, I, I rolled out of the office and was like, holy shit, this is nuts. Like, and then when you look at them, they're fine because LCC, like Moniac's team, they've been dealing with it all year. This is another regular game for them. Like, of course, these guys are here. They're here all the time. They're probably here at practice. So for us seeing it for the first time and trying to adapt versus them seeing it for the 25th time, it's a whole different ball game. The best way to learn a language, immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. 
Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. And for Cali kids and stuff like that, because obviously in Canada, we have a pretty decent, like around the Toronto area, it's kind of a hotbed for like baseball players and stuff like that. You see it with like Josh Naylor, Cal Quantrill, all those guys. In the high school in Cal in San Diego, if you don't if you throw below 90, are you kind of a fucking bum? Or like what's like the speed? <laughs> what's the speed where it's like this guy is a bum? Like where like hitters are just like this is slow as fuck. <laughs> Nowadays, it's that that's what trips me out. When I played and we saw a dude throwing slow, we were like, sweet, four for four. I'm I'm raking today. Now, if our guys watch somebody warm up and he's not throwing 90, they're like, oh, fuck, I got to try to sit back on this. I'm like, I'm like dude, you, you get gassed up by 90 and you roll over 80. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> Pick yeah. one. If I would say each team around here, I would say the average, the average guy down here, and this is everybody, you got your dudes and then you got the bottom of the staff. I would say it's probably 82 to 84. And each team has one or two guys that are, mid to upper eighties and half the teams probably have one dude. That's, that's their guy. That's 90. That's 91, 92. We had a guy last year that went to UCLA. He was 93, six, seven water polo guy, national water polo player, and also throwing committed with UCLA as a junior. Um, so I've seen it, you know, we we've had guys, but I would say every year there's half the teams at least have one guy that is like, draft status stud 91 92 gonna carve you up and then probably 30 percent of the teams down here have a dude that you're not you're just not gonna hit him you're not and, gonna touch him and uh so i gotta ask about this school because obviously we've had uh pete crow armstrong on the podcast and stuff like that mm -hmm. he, he was a dog in high school or high school as well is harvard's west lake how far is that from you guys um that's that's far we don't play them so we i i've never played them haven't seen them we go and i guess you could get into certain tournaments where you see those teams but we don't yeah. that's not us we have, i've never never played them never seen them so i wouldn't have any intel on them but there's some schools man that it's a it's pretty amazing down here like where everybody's pretty good and then you got teams like that that stand out amongst the good amongst the good teams like yeah they're like orange county i know uh like San Clemente was always somewhere in the top 10 in the nation all the time. And it's just a, a different program. And when you're like that in high school, you know, you, you don't, I mean, I always say it, like, you don't recruit in high school. I guess you can, if you want to try to go do that, but you really, you just kind of get what you get. So when you start winning and you start that culture, what you get is much better than what you would be getting if you didn't have that culture. So I guess the winning and the status is your recruiting serve it you know whatever so i know i've had guys where years where we have 
80 kids come out to tryouts for every level, 80 kids total. We got to make three teams out of it. And I talked to another school and they're like, oh yeah, we had 61 freshmen come out. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> hey, <laughs> That's I had uh, yeah, I'm like, I had 14. I'm, I'm hoping they all can play. So it's just a, it's different and it depends on how much you're willing to kind of get into the nitty gritty of building your program. And I'm looking here at like the, the rankings, I believe in California or San Diego. Uh, how does it work with like these prep schools? Cause I'm seeing the number one ranked school in San Diego is Torrey Pines. How far is that? Is that close to you? Yeah, they're right down the street. So that's like a, I don't know, 15 minute drive. It like says the they're number one in the nation. It does right now. Huh? Or no, sorry, that was from 2020. That makes more sense. Okay, yeah, that 2020. Was, they were they were very good in 2020. Um, so they're in our league. So our league is Carlsbad and La Costa Canyon, which is where Moniac and uh, Spencer Jones went. Their coach Justin Machado. Uh, you know the surfer Rob Machado? No. Okay, he's like one of the most famous surfers there is. But the, his brother coaches that team. He's the only coach that's ever been there since the school opened 25 years. He's a He's a dude. He's just – they just win. They win all the time. Under a 20-win season, we play 30 games a year. If they don't win 20 games, you're, like, absolutely shocked. Wow. Um, yeah. They they ended up number one in the nation at one point. Same with uh, Phil Evans went there. You know Phil Evans? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He went there. Um, so, they're in our league. Torrey Pines is in our league. Um, Carlsbad, Sage Creek, who's right down the street, and then someone else. But – our, the way they do power rankings in San Diego is they take the previous year and they basically put like the best teams within like a decent distance of each other and put them in a league based off of that. So last year we had six teams in our league and five of them were ranked in the top seven in all of San Diego. So we, to me, like I'm looking at going, this is one of the best leagues like in the country as far as just baseball like we're playing three game sets against all these guys it's like 15 games that we play all year is literally against some of the top teams in the country and it's a it's a wild little bracket but it's good for these kids yeah and, and for the football obviously i'm a big football guy as well so I, i've heard nothing but crazy stories about east lake is that is is that the that, that's the football team that's just always a fucking wagon right they are and same with baseball it's a, it's a different gig down there man they just their baseball team is always very good their football team i think they're just one of those high school teams that is big man they're big like you go down there and you look at their football team you're like this is a college team like if carlsbad's having a good year and then you go they're gonna go play east lake and you look at the matchups it's like oh east lake's line outweighs them by an average of 60 pounds you're like <laughs> what the fuck like <laughs> It's crazy. And I'm not, I don't get, I never got too big into the football. I would go watch a couple of games a year at home and it's fun. They, they do a phenomenal job. Um, it makes you wish you're like 16 again in high school when you go to their Carlsbad games. Cause it's a, it's a full party. It's like a, the crowd is nuts. It's just insane. But um, Carlsbad is usually pretty decent. They're up there, but yeah, Eastlake is a, those teams from down South are always just, you know, built different sounds funny, but they just are. They're they're just different. Yeah, and I I'm reading right here the number one team is Granite Hills. That's uh in San Diego, but for, uh, for baseball, yeah, 
I don't, I guess yeah. I'm from I'm from Toronto. So I have no fucking idea. But I gotta yeah. ask you this. This is this is an off the field question. How much are these kids like? How 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 big of dickheads are these kids that go to like the number <laughs> one schools and then like the 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 state, the number one schools in the nation? Are these kids just cocky motherfuckers? Like, is there teams that you guys hate playing against where it's like every single kid on this team is a fucking asshole? Like every single kid on this team is a dickhead. Yeah, you know what? That happens more from kids to kids like we'll go places and I can feel it and that's always my statement is like hey and this this is so here's how it works down here a little bit we come from Carlsbad which is it's a it's like a beach town there's there's money here it's not it's not like the richest place in San Diego but but there you you go buy a little shack for a million dollars in Carlsbad that's like where you're at so we come from a little bit of money and we go down south to the places that aren't quite as wealthy you can feel like they just fucking hate it they're like they just already (laughs) hate us they they look at us like you rich fucking losers they hate it and they always grind a little different they play us with some grit and we learn some like lessons looking at them like yeah because i always told my guys i'm like look when you got the difference between a team like that that might not be as talented but they play and you can feel the energy of what they're bringing like when you guys win or lose like you're still going home and getting in the jacuzzi and then eating steak dinner mom made you like these kids are stopping by fucking wendy's on the way home and grabbing some food and then going home and going to wait for the next day like it's a whole different vibe and they come from just a lot of like a lot of these guys that the dominicans and guys that their whole goal is to get out of where they're at and come over here and play major league baseball there's a different grind when you grew up that way so we feel that and then tory pines and LCC, my kids always do. It's like we're on the bus, and I'm like, all right, remember, play the game today, not the opponent. And they're like, oh, fuck these guys. I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. Exactly, bro. <laughs> here we go. I'm like, this is going to be what it's going to be. So um, I, I think the biggest one for me, like, that I had personally was Sage Creek is right next to us. Like, they're a mile away. They opened, I don't know, 10 years ago. And we've been here since 1956. So they're like the little brother, but they they play the role of like, we're, we're better, we're this, we're that. And it's a frustrating because it's a lose-lose for us. Like as a coach, like if I lose to Sage Creek, I'm an idiot. If I beat them, like, yeah, we were supposed to beat them. Or yeah. Whatever. But I always look at them. I'm like, if this school didn't exist, we would have those three guys in the rotation. We would have that one shortstop that's going to Cal. Like we would be a powerhouse but they take half our guys just by having a new school around. So that was always for me personally, I I think I went in my time there, it was like 13 and two against them. And I know that just because I, the two losses just disgusted me. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a good point. I I always just wonder that shit, man, because obviously like in the U S especially in like Cali and stuff like that, a lot of it's same as here for hockey. A lot of families will move to get in zones where they can go to their desired like school or play for their Mm -hmm. desired team and stuff like that. Does that happen a lot? Like where a kid is really good in like middle school or like early high school, then like another high school will recruit them and their family has to like pack their shit up and move like to a completely different area just so they can live in the district to go to school there. Oh yeah. Big time, big time. There's a Rancho Bernardo was absolute powerhouse here for years. Like, forever they still are they're always very good but they there's like a running joke like oh yeah this kid moved over there because he drank the the rb kool-aid like the the program these kids are like sixth grade fifth grade fourth grade like 
in the RB travel system and they're growing up. Like by the time they become freshmen, it's like they've been in the program for six years. You're like, this is like a little Colts baseball team. So that school, like I've seen guys literally move, get a condo over there, do whatever they got to do to get into that school. And um, you see it a lot. People move from a Torrey Pines district to a Carlsbad, a Carlsbad to Torrey Pines. And it, it happens for sure, which I think is wild. And what I'm seeing the most is really, beyond like moving for for a, to get into a certain district you see just a lot of dudes are getting held back and they're like 15 year old freshmen and and they're getting their license like in in summer from freshman year to sophomore year I'm like how freaking old are you dudes <laughs> that's the biggest thing is like I'm watching freshmen come in and I'm like dude your birthday is is you know in September of your freshman year and you're going to turn 16 this is nuts so yeah that's the biggest thing I see. And a lot of them are doing it. A lot of them are, are showing up right now because they use that Corona year when they were in eighth grade to say, Oh, I'm not going to high school. Cause I'm not going to have a real experience. Like kind of like a excuse to stay back another year and get another year of growing up I and mean, shit. Uh, I graduated high school at 17. I think I was five, probably five, 10, 145 pounds. And then I think a year and a half later played my first game of college and junior college and i think i was 511 190 yeah oh, man if i would if, if i would that that age you know 16 to 19 the development's unreal so if you're a extra year year and a half as a senior it's a, what an advantage yeah exactly the parents there must be fucking hard to deal with though man especially where like you're from i guess because you said it's come from like area with like a lot of money and or decently mm-hmm. amount of money and stuff like that so a lot of these parents are like entitled so how does like have you seen some absolute lunatic parents that like are recording every single at bat, like ripping oh, their dude. fucking kids into oblivion <laughs> in the middle of games? Stuff like, like, how do you guys approach that stuff as coaches? Because obviously, like, you're just like you're a high school coach, and these parents are obviously like rich mother, like rich people that mm-hmm. are just like entitled, so they can really say whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, yeah, and they do, and it's crazy. I will say, I had a ton of like great parents, great support at Carlsbad. And then I had some absolute nut jobs. Like, I don't feel like I could talk about the nut jobs without like, at least giving the praise to the ones that were good and supportive. Um, but man, I, I've had some stuff to it. I'm just like, is this real? Like, is this even real? <laughs> I had a, I had a sophomore, my first year, we won our first game, which was game two of the season. I had a sophomore that was on, he was a catcher. He was on the JV team. Our two catchers that year, one of them went to USD. He was a senior, and the other one ended up going to West Point. He was a junior at the time. So the sophomore kid is is on the JV team. He's their catcher. And my other two guys that I had as catchers on the varsity team went D1. This dad is here after the game. We win our first game, and I'm walking through the stands to go see, like, my wife. And he goes, hey, Jake. I'm like, oh, what's up? Like in my mind, I'm like, why is he here? The JV team, his son, his son is playing like right down the street. Why is he here? He goes, Hey, quick question. I'm like, yeah, what's up? Like come jogging up steps. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, Hey, uh, why is my son on JV? And I like looked at him. I'm like, you think now's a good time to ask me that? He's like, well, no, I'm just saying. I said, we'll talk about it later. This dude ended up, this is a wild story. So my AD ends up calling and I told him, I said, I'm not going to talk about this. I got two guys that are there that are better. The end of story. It is what it is. I got two very good catchers. I'm not going to sit him on varsity so he can have varsity status instead of play 30 games. Like it's a waste of his time. 
my ad and that was it we left it at that my ad texts me on like a sunday and i'm like oh this is not good on a sunday at like two o'clock she's like hey fyi got an email that was just really odd it was from anonymous person blah 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 i'm like all right cool she's like just letting you know it came through it wasn't good we're not even going to talk about it because we don't talk about anonymous emails. We don't respond. If, if somebody's just going to anonymously do something, we're not going to react. So, okay, cool. Nothing happens. A week later, she calls me Friday. I'm getting off the bus to go to our game. And she says, hey, another email came through, same person. Uh, we'll, we'll just have to address it. Just wanted to let you know. I'm like, okay, cool. I get into her office the next day. And I'm like, hey, what do they say? She's like, well, I just, I don't, I don't really want to tell you. I'm like, let me read it. I, I'm can just let me read it. She's like, oh, okay, hold on. She prints it out, right? She prints out the email. This thing was 12 pages. No I'm way, watching, bro. I'm watching the printer and I'm like, after like page three, I started laughing. I'm like, what the fuck is this? She's like, yeah, I told you. I read the whole thing. There wasn't like an ounce of truth in it, like nothing. And I said, I bet I know who this is. I said, I just feel like I know. And I said, I think it's the sophomore's dad. I think that's who it is. So and the email was like, well, I'm a pilot down in San Diego. Uh, my son is thinking about coming in. I've heard all this stuff, blah, 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 blah. I said, I'm telling you right now. So I, I ended up, there's a piece of the email that had like, he wrote a partner of mine at the time, an email on his website. And I said, hey, this, do you remember this email? He's like, oh yeah, I remember that email I responded to. I said, do you have an IP guy that can track this address? He's like, yeah, actually I do. He tracks it right back to the guy's house in Carlsbad. I'm like, there it is. I showed my, I showed my AD. I was like, hey, I'm Detective Jake today. Like, that, that's what I'm doing. I, I took this personal. I'm coming after him. I said, here you go. This is where it came from. She's like, oh, my God. I'm like, this, she's, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. I've been doing this 20 years. I'm like, you're telling me. This was the week into my first season coaching. I'm like, this is nuts. But you get some people, man. It's, it's wild. I, it's wild. I had a dude talk want a meeting with me i'm like yeah no problem we can go right up to my office before practice make it quick and he responds he goes oh, i'm not too keen on you summoning me up to your office like you're the godfather i'm like what, what the fuck like, <laughs> didn't you just ask me for a meeting <laughs> like i said i said i literally said you can sit in my seat if you want like i'm not worried about it he's like oh i don't like that either goes, why don't we walk around the track and i'm like this what is the nuts. fuck so, I literally ended up walking around the track with him. I told my assistant coach, I'm like, dude, you got to like, just hang out by the track. Cause if this dude attacks me, like, <laughs> I'm not a pussy, but I, you just fuck, dude. I don't know. It, it gets so wild. And I tell parents all the time. I'm like, look, there's going to be nine happy parents every single game. And it's the, the nine kids there in the lineup and everyone else is not going to be happy. It's just the way it goes. So I, I know how it goes. Kids like me, kids don't like me. Parents love me. Parents hate me. It just, it comes with the territory and you just, I'll tell you what, I got paid three thousand dollars a year to coach Carlsbad High School. I'm like, this this bang not ain't worth, worth it, the bro. Buck. It's not. And that's why so that's why it's hard to find good coaches. That's why they're and I get it. I mean, you just you have to be passionate about it, you have to love it, and the juice just isn't worth the squeeze sometimes. And it, it's not, bro. It's crazy. It's not, yeah, it's really not. Um, yeah, that's the thing. It's like these parents don't understand. And what I noticed a lot during like my playing and career and stuff like that as well is it's the parents that are complaining. It's never of the kids that are actually good at baseball. It's always like the kids that are like me medium to like ass. Mm -hmm. and, and and parents got you got to say that in like a preseason meeting. Like if you're complaining about your child's playing time, 
take a step back and realize maybe my kid isn't as good as I think he is, which is kind of harsh to say, but that's like, really, like, that's really kind of the truth. Like if you're complaining about something, your kid isn't good. Like that's like, everyone can see. I mean, there's it. coaches rarely have a bone to pick with kids. Why are they not going to play the ones that are going to help them win? So it's just, it's just crazy to me. But another thing that I wanted to go into, obviously second last thing here, you do that thing on TikTok where you say ball strike, all that type of stuff. And I I, I yeah. love the comment section and shit like that. Do you get it fairly bad in the comments or just by people saying like, wow, you're, you're ragging on someone or just all that type of stuff. Like how, what's the reception like for those videos? Those ones are, are 50, 50. A lot of people, uh, those ones are definitely 50, 50. I get a lot of like, <laughs> like, Oh yeah, we're hammering that ball. This, that, the other thing. And then I get a lot of people that again, are like, Oh, what, what the fuck have you done? Or like, you're not doing shit. Oh, you're just ragging on kids. I'm like, look, this is like, like, and to me, it's always the people that never played baseball. Like, yeah, like this is like baseball's love language, like making fun of each other and talking shit. Like, this is what we do at practice. Like when I played, it was like, that's what we did to each other. Like if I'm stepping in the box against my roommate in an inner squad, I'm telling him like, I'm about to take your shit 450. And he's yeah. like, you're not going to touch this. And that's the fun part about it. But yeah, I get a lot of people that think the just the way I do things or make fun of people. And, and a lot of it too comes down to like, part of the whole shtick is like, I'll go with anybody. You know, I, I, I made a ball video about that 103 year old lady in the wheelchair <laughs> that threw it at sister Jean and everybody thought it was hilarious. And then I make the same video about Nolan Ryan and they're like, dude, that's a fucking legend. What are you doing? I'm yeah, like, okay, like, what are we doing here? You guys don't give a shit about making fun of the 103 year old lady, but you care about Nolan. So it, it just goes both ways. And you know, I, I take it all. It's part of social media. Like I, I don't, I'm completely unbothered by it unless every now and then I read a comment. I'm like, this might actually like make a little sense. Like maybe this was something, but very rarely do I, I I just find it all humorous. I mean, it's all part of it. That's what grows the following. That's what grows, you know, people that don't like you, they pay just as much attention to the people that follow you. So, but the ball videos, I don't even know how that started. It literally was just like the belly thing. It was a video I watched that literally said all these guys are throwing 90 plus and i'm like that was eight pitches in a row and not one of them was anywhere near the strike zone that's a good but, point i mean you're you, people are you're <laughs> like people are tapping it's like a rick roll type of thing you got going like people are like if i'm posting a video it better be a fucking strike but there's also <laughs> like an untapped market that you haven't touched yet it's like the prep baseball report perfect game like just obliviously lying about pop times for catchers. Like you should respond to those videos and be like, show a stopwatch and be like, that was like yeah. two, three, like that was a no. two, three. That's an untapped market. You got to tap into. I like that. I, you might see some of those soon. That's the truth, man. I, those numbers and all that stuff. It's like, come on now. Let's be honest. I could tell you just from watching the whole clip. It wasn't what you posted. Like, yeah. Like I, you, like MLB on Fox will post like JT real Muto with like a one, seven, eight. And then there's like yeah. perfect game or prep baseball report posting like a one eight for a 16 year old. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? This uh, is yeah. not even this guy, this 16 year old doing what JT real Muto's the gold mm-hmm. glove platinum mm-hmm. glove fucking catchers doing like, get the fuck out of here. It's crazy. Like some of these sites are like legit frauds. Like they just openly mm-hmm. lie about shit. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's unreal. I just, I just posted a perfect game video last night about it where I said, look, this is my problem with them. Like they're, they're highly integrated with MLB and NCAA, like, and they're in their caption. They're telling you they got a tournament in December that you have to be at. It literally says hashtag uncommitted 1314 you. And I'm like, 
Yeah, because you're in fucking seventh grade. Like <laughs> this is the pair. This is like the parents that they, you know, they don't know. These parents don't know. So when they read that, they're like, oh man, like we're uncommitted. Like, are we supposed to be? And maybe we need to go to this event. And I'm like, this, these people know better than this. Like they're they know what they're criminals, doing. bro. A lot I'm of those motherfuckers you. are criminals, dude. Like let it, um, let a 13 and 14 year old enjoy their fucking life. Instead of having yeah. to worry about what school he's committed to yeah, if five years you. down the line. That's, that's the one thing I tell, like most times I talk about all of it. I'm like, don't make it a business earlier than you have to. At some point you have to, like, if you're talking, Talking to you. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, if you really want to go to college, it becomes a business when it comes down to like scholarships and a couple different offers. You can say, okay, business wise, I guess, what's the best move for me and my family, and where am I going to go, and all that. But you got to just play the game and enjoy it. I mean, I, I'm watching high school kids like stress the fuck out during like a high school game where there's no scouts, there's nobody here, and they feel like if I don't get hits today, I'm not going to get recruited. It's like. I went to a big league game, you know, last week and I watched a bunch of dudes that literally are like on the cusp, right? If I have another over four day, I might go to triple a and I don't get this $4,000 a day at the league minimum while I'm up here. I go back to 1200 a month or whatever it is. They're out there dancing, having a great time pregame. I'm like, <laughs> why are they not stressed? But you guys are out here stressed as 16 year old kids. Like you got to have some fun with the game. And I'm a big, big, like push pusher of like have fun not in a screw around way but it's like you know you played it's like when you're relaxed and having a good time you are going to be at your best that's why I want you to have fun because you're relaxed you're enjoying the moment you're enjoying the game you're going to produce a lot more that way than you are being worried about some other shit so you're right dude it's it's this stuff is hurting youth baseball it's obviously helping the top one percent when they go to a perfect game showcase and they're a standout dude that's going to look at getting drafted or whatever. But for the 99% of guys, it's like, get your reps, get better, go see a hitting instructor, whatever it is, and just be good. See what yeah. happens. The perfect game. Sh- it's just like, I, I just thought like there's like 12 U tournaments and just like, yeah, it just, it's, it, so bad. it's so dumb, bro. I mean, it's like that it's with so hockey bad. here, I guess a lot. Is it? Every yeah. time I post something like that, people always go same thing in hockey, same thing in track, same thing in football. Like, so that must be everywhere. Well, I feel like baseball is the worst though, because um, especially like around where you're, you live and probably Texas and stuff like that. It's just because perfect game sees that as like a massive market with parents who are kind of rich and entitled and mm-hmm. like are willing to spend a shit ton of money. So they just use those keywords like uncommitted or like uh must come to showcase or like there's going to be 60 scouts here, just all that mm-hmm. stuff. And they don't understand how naive some of these, like they, they understand actually how naive some of these parents are where it's like, Oh shit. Like I got to take my son here. If he yeah. wants to get a free school or shit like that, it's criminal shit yeah. at the end of the day. That's what it is. I think so. I really do. It, it, it bothers me. Yeah, it really does. Like, just let let a thirteen year old fucking enjoy their life instead of having to worry about being committed somewhere. No doubt. That's like I tell a story in like uh, area code games are they're pretty good. I mean, they they literally take some of the best talent. It's free for the kids, whatever. The area code games are legit. But I tell the story. I'm like, my shortstop that got drafted in 2020, he went to the area code tryouts six months before the draft or eight months before the draft, yeah. and he it, it was like a two-day tryout saturday sunday they sent him home halfway through saturday and said it didn't make it see you later i'm like and then the dude signed for a million bucks eight (laughs) months later yeah yeah this shit is just it is what it is obviously like you know you put yourself on a stage at the top one percent good for you but everyone else it's like this is 
you're just getting robbed. Yeah, no, it really is. So let's let's end this podcast here with you plugging your company. Obviously, go into it. I mean, what you guys do, um, like where the where our listeners can find you and all that type of stuff. Yeah, so we are Roughshot Supply Company, um, Roughshot Supply Co. at on Instagram. Um, we're just kind of we're an apparel company, mostly hats, and we just kind of push a message that you know one of our best sellers is a hat that just says these are the good old days. Um, we have some hoodies, but our, our whole thing is is kind of being in the moment, enjoying where we're at, and understanding that you know life is as good as we're going to make it, and that's kind of our big thing. Is you know I, I think we all have ten different points in our life where we can look back and go, oh, those were the good old days when I was ten. Oh yeah, I remember when we were thirteen. Those were the good old days. So yeah, I think I think no matter where we're at, you and I are going to look back at this podcast in ten years and go, oh, those are the good old days when we had that podcast going and we talked. And so I, I think our biggest message is is being present in the moment and kind of recognizing how good we might have it regardless of a lot of circumstances so that's where we're at we're just trying to push some positivity out there into a world that that is not fully positive all the time and i think yeah. it's a choice so um roughshotsupplyco.com or might be roughshotsupply.com i, I gotta figure that out <laughs> if you post it up here just go ahead and yeah we'll get it we'll get it. i'll get it i'll get um, it uh, on the twitter and insta for you yeah, there you go. But yeah, I appreciate all the support with that brand. It's so it's been fun. It's been cool to see it grow. And obviously with the social media following, they're supportive of it. So it's been a cool ride and something that, you know, for me, um, I'm trying to build a long term sustainable business out of it. And it's heading in that direction, which is cool, because you never know what's going to happen with social media or whatever else. So um, it's been really good. It's been fun. Yeah. Anyways, man, I appreciate you coming on this, brother. Like I said, I mean, we're, we're recording this Wednesday. It drops tomorrow. So the people are going to love this shit. Uh, we'll get you back on in season and talk about that. And hopefully I'm going to try to get an answer on the Cody Bellinger stuff. We're going to get, yeah. I'm going to do detective on it. We're going to get to the bottom yeah. of it. But, but uh, thanks for hopping on this, brother. Get to Luplo, ask him what he's got on it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you having me, dude. This is a blast. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. Thank you.